Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'll be talking about Echoes by Alice Reads, which is a, I'm going to classify it as a YA thriller novel. Now, I don't typically read thriller novels for many reasons. One of them is I'm a scaredy cat and um, they scare me. More This more so goes for like thriller that tends toward horror and being a bit more graphic, if that makes sense. But this was not like that. And I really enjoyed it. This is actually my second time reading this book. I got it for Christmas about, I think, two years ago, because it says it came out in 2018. So I don't know, two or three years ago. And I read it, loved it, and was like, can't wait for the next one to come out. Then the next book didn't come out until 2020 at some point. I don't remember when. And I ended up getting the next book, which is called Fractures, for Christmas this past year in 2020. So the thing is, since if you've listened to some of my other episodes, I've talked about my thing about rereading that, especially when I'm reading series, I like to reread to kind of refresh my memory. And I needed to reread this in order to be able to read Fractures because while I remembered the basic premise, which is that these two high school students, Fiona and Miles, are... um, like their plane crashes on a deserted island, but then mysterious forces are at play, but they're also in Berlin. What? <laughs> um, I remembered like the basic premise of what's going on, right? But there was a lot of things that I just forgot. So I'm really glad I reread this. Otherwise, reading Fractures would have been a disaster. Now, before we get started, I have a couple things to say. First, I have a headache, which is unfortunate. And because I have a headache, I normally would not record. But like I said, this is a thriller and the book ends kind of on it. It does end on a cliffhanger and uh, you're still left with lots of questions about what's going on going into the second book. And it's only two books long, guys. So next week, obviously, you're going to get an episode on fractures and this will come to a close, this little thing right here. But I knew that I needed to record before I started reading fractures because otherwise, when I'm trying to be like making guesses of what's going on, I don't want to already know things from starting the second book. And so I finished the book after work today because I only had 20 pages left. And so I'm recording it because I'm going to start reading the other book tonight, which means I have to be done recording today. I, it's also a Thursday and I talked to my friends from college on Thursday nights, which always makes me feel stressed because I'm like, oh, under time crunch. And so, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Now, before we get into the plot summary, one final thing is trigger warning. Now, this book includes um, characters talking about child abuse, uh, more mental than physical, although physical abuse is implied. It also has a scene, well, again, this is like one of the characters talking about it. There's a description of it's not necessarily cutting, like self-harm cutting, but it was like they were cutting themselves, but it was it was for something else. And it was just weirdly graphic. It made me a little uncomfortable, even though that's not something that I've personally dealt with. So um, I probably won't talk about the cutting thing, but I will be talking about the child abuse. And so if these are issues that are for you, I'm just letting you know right now. And um maybe don't read the book or don't listen to this episode, but also it's not going to be heavily featured. So use your best judgment. And finally, of course, 
my signature disclaimer is that there will be spoils. Spoils? There will be spoilers. There's not going to be a... There's no spoils from listening to this unless it's like the knowledge and enjoyment you get from listening to me ramble. Um, But there will be spoilers. So if you don't want Echoes by Alice Reads to be spoiled for you, stop here. Go read the book, which I definitely would recommend, especially if you really like YA and you are in kind of that high school, early college time, or even middle school too, I would definitely recommend this. Um, If you're a bit older, like I said, the YA, I'm starting to grow out of it, but I really liked this one a lot. There's just some writing things that I'm going to talk about later. But anyways, go do all that, go read it, and then come back and listen, because we're in for a time. So plot summary section. Okay, so here's the thing. There are two timelines in this book. And we all know that I suck. I suck at giving plot descriptions when there is more than one timeline, which means you're in for a wild ride for this week and next week's episodes because next the next book has two um, timelines as well. So like I said, okay, there's these two college student college students, these two high school students, Fiona Wolf and Miles Echo, which we're going to get back to their names later because there are some things that I I just have some thoughts. Anyways, let's get let's get the show on the road, Emma. So what was I saying? Okay, so the two of them have been chosen for they go to this like prep school and um so the two of them go to this prep school and it's summer and everybody there gets a three week internship and they've been chosen for this internship with Bri- Briola, I'm gonna call them Briola, Briola Biotech Company. And they had to go through all these different tests and whatever. And it's a three week internship in Berlin. And you know, it's pretty cool. So Fiona is a kickboxing championship champion. She's uh, up for nationals after this in- uh, internship. She's supposed to be coming back and training for that. And, but her family's not that, they're not that well off and she's at the school on scholarship. Miles, on the other hand, is super rich boy and um, two-thirds of the book in, you find out that he, his father's three-quarters Lebanese. So he's got like a middle name that is from Lebanon, Lebanon, a Lebanon name, a Lebanese name. Sorry, guys. Um, Which I'm just throwing that in there because the author just randomly throws that in there like two-thirds of the way through the book and it's just like I feel like I should have known this about Miles at the beginning so I want you to know that about him at the beginning so the two of them have never gotten along on Fiona's one of the first days of her being at that school because she moved from New York to they live in the Miami area in Florida she got yelled at by a teacher for whatever reason I don't, I don't remember what it was. And Miles came over and, like, said something to the teacher and, like, got her out of trouble. But then she, like, goes to thank him and he said... But before she can, he says something like, wow, you're so pathetic. Like, I can't believe you didn't say anything, blah, blah, blah. And so that enrages Fiona. And from then on, she's like, you're the worst. I hate you. We're enemies. And they just kind of, uh, you know, pull pranks on each other and just don't like each other and whatever from three years on. So now they're like 17 year olds and they're getting on this private jet, you know, that's not suspicious, to Berlin. However, this is where the timelines diverge and I cannot make sense of which came first and which came second. So the main timeline and the main storyline is they're being deserted on the um, island, the plane crash, and then they're on this island. So like the plane crashes, 
Miles and Fiona are okay, but they're only in the back half of the plane. So they're like, okay, we got to find the cockpit in the pilot. And if we find the cockpit, then we can find the computer and we can send a distress signal from the computer. So Miles is not feeling well. He's like ill and dizzy and something for some reason. So he stays behind and Fiona goes into the forest or the jungle, sorry, to try and find it. She's following the smoke. And once she gets close, she hears this like terrible roar from a beast, which starts chasing her, but she doesn't get a good look at it. So she runs all the way back to the beach and Miles like is making fun of her at first, but then they hear it and he's like, okay, you're right. And he's feeling a little bit better. So then the two of them go back and they go there again and they find the cockpit this time and the pilot's dead and they take him out and they Fiona buries him and Miles gets the computer and brings it back to the plane. So they've decided to stay in the plane for right now. And once he's like done all his little things, he realizes that the plane never flew. That plane never flew because the computer is saying that. And so now it's like, okay, this was not a plane crash. This was staged. Now let's flip over to the other timeline where they're in Berlin. The plane actually does go off, the, get off the ground. They make it to Berlin. They are checked into their hotel. It's super posh, super fancy, but they're only in one room with one bed, which is odd because they're high school students of different genders. And so Fiona goes down to like ask if they can get another room. And the lady at the front desk is like, we don't even know who paid for this. So then they try and show up at Briola's headquarters, but it's just an abandoned building, which that's suspicious. And there's also these two men that just keep following them around everywhere. So they come back and they try and look up Briola's website. It's all gone. All the information is gone, all of it. And so that's that's us, guys. And so then they sneak out of the hotel because in Europe, apparently you pay after your stay, not beforehand. I I don't know. And so they're like, we don't have the money to pay for this fancy place. So they leave and go to a different hotel or whatever. And the next day they try and get on a plane out of, oh, wait, I forgot this other point. So the part, so Fiona gets a phone call, like voicemail when she gets off the plane in Germany. And it's from this homeless man named Joe, who's kind of her friend. And he's kind of nutty, like a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but like also they're bros. And she, the voicemail is from him that says like, don't trust anybody. They're watching you like this weird, creepy thing. So you're like, huh? And so she doesn't know she can trust Miles or not. So then the next day they try to go to the airport but all of the flights are suspiciously booked and these men are following them still. And then they try and go back to the airport again and their passports get confiscated. Oh my God, one second. Okay, I don't know where I was, but their passports get confiscated and uh, like that's suspicious and their credit cards don't work anymore. And when they call people from home, nobody's picking up, no one's answering their text messages. And so they distract the guard from the airport and they run away and they leave their passports there and then let's flip back to the other timeline then after that though Fiona confides in Miles and is like I got this weird voicemail and like they're also both saying they kind of had weird memories of an island but on the so now we're back on the island right and the last thing they found out is that the plane never flew they also find out that the thing that is chasing them around is a bear Apparently, there's just this uh, big brown grizzly bear in the middle of the jungle on a tropical island, because that makes sense. And they're like walking around trying to find food and 
like trying to see if there's a way off this place and they find a hut with two chairs in it and then they also find they get chased by the bear and they hide in this pit and in the pit there are four dead bodies four of them three men and a woman except I think they're all around the same age as them they're all teenagers and they've all been shot in the head and then deposited in the ditch and there's just enough room for two more bodies so now they're like somebody is hunting us and they decide then they're like it's gonna storm we need to find somewhere to hide they find this cave and um but there's snakes in it so they need to find a way to get rid of the snakes miles is like fire will do it and the only thing they can think of is that maybe there's something in the cockpit that they could use for fire turns out that the pilot was a smoker so he's got a lighter but it's in his pocket and he is buried so they have to exhume him from the grave and get his lighter which is disturbing then they're able to make it into this cave and they've decided okay we're gonna live here like people can't get to us blah 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 um at this point miles and fiona have put their differences beside like behind them they've decided to stick together they're not going to hate each other blah 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 as they're having some fish dinner in the cave romantic feelings start to bloom and they also share personal things about their lives miles talks about his dead brother leon and how he was the one who taught him how to like hack and do different things with computers and um about how his father doesn't care about him, all this different stuff. Fiona confides about the stupid things she did to prove that she could be strong, which is the whole cutting thing I was talking about. They would like cut strips out of their stomach to see who could take the most. It was it was odd. And then she also talks about her relationship with her father, which was the aforementioned child abuse situation. Miles is trying to get at like, this is not normal. Your dad should not punish you for losing your kickboxing matches and whatever and stuff like that and uh, so then they become closer through like revealing family secrets and dynamics and different stuff like that they kiss and they're like wow I actually guess what we don't hate each other surprise shock and um then they see I'm like skipping some days but then they see a helicopter and some man jump out of the helicopter uh, they go to investigate, as one does, even though you don't know if this man's here to help you or hurt you. I feel like he would be here to hurt you, seeing as he jumped out of the helicopter and didn't, it didn't land or anything. They find him. His name is G. He pretends he's there to help them. But then his radio goes off and it says, did you find the targets? So then Fiona, you know, kickboxing, kickboxing master is fighting him because it's life or death. And then this was confusing, but it turns out G slips and he like falls and cracks his head on a rock and dies. Fiona feels so awful about that because she's always been taught like only to use her like kickboxing skills for self-defense, right? Like never to harm anybody, never, like, you know what I mean? So she feels really bad about it. Miles is like, it's okay. Like it was an accident. You did not physically kill him, blah, blah, blah. They search through his backpack and they find this thing. And it turns out they have implants in their necks and the guy was supposed to come kill them, take the implants out of their necks and bring it back to Briola. We don't know what these things are, but Miles is like, get this out of me. They take it out and then the bear comes running at them. But Miles isn't afraid. Turns out the implant was making them see the bear and it was never actually there. Flipping back to Berlin to finish up this timeline. In Berlin, they leave, they like don't know what to do. They So they try and flush out these like followers right so they're in a park and they split up and fiona takes on one of them they knock him out they reach into his 
like pocket or whatever and he's actually part of like the german police or the undercover german police or like i don't know like the german cia fbi or whatever and so they're like what the heck why are they following us so then they go to like the worst like like a really rundown hostel miles gets beat up and all their money gets stolen which sounds fishy to me i feel like this was all part of the briola plot and then the the guys show up there again and they're running away and they end up underneath a bridge in like this random park and they think that they're safe and they've fallen asleep and fiona wakes up and this is like where the berlin timeline ends is that she sees these people come towards her and she's like how can they be here and then that's the end of the berlin timeline and we flip back to the um island timeline so now they're like what's going on like briola what the heck and they see a boat coming in into the distance and off of the boat comes joe the homeless man if you remember and apparently the bracelet and book that he'd given fiona at the beginning of the book which i failed to mention had trackers in them which is how he found them he says that uh he is ex-fbi and that he's there to help them because the same thing happened to his daughter she was like taken disappeared and then they like or like, you know, there was a girl in the pit and her, she had a heart necklace with an eye on it. And his daughter's name is Ivy. They take him there. It's his daughter. She is dead. And so he's like, okay, get on my boat. I have some friends who can save us. Miles is skeptical. Like, can we trust this guy? And Fiona's like, yes, we can. They get on the boat. And once they get there, lo and behold, guess who's there? Miles's dead older brother, Leon. But he like is odd. He like doesn't recognize Miles at first. And then, like, with prompting from this woman, Gail, then is like, oh, my brother, and comes up with this totally fake story about how he wasn't actually dead, but had to fake his death for whatever reason. And Fiona's not buying it, but Miles, you know, the one person left in his life that loves him, you know, his brother, because his mom's dead, too, and his dad doesn't care about him. It's like all this different stuff. And then... Fiona's like not buying this so she sneaks out of their room and overhears Leon being like we've got the cargo we're gonna deliver them back to Briola like all this different stuff Miles followed her out too so he's like we gotta get out of here they decide they can still trust Joe so they tell him they're like Joe's like wait one hour I'll get together some stuff and some rafts and we'll get out of here when they go back in their rooms Fiona finds these papers and she looks at them and her and Miles have been sold to Briola by their parents. It turns out Fiona's mom is not her birth mother and was the one that sold her and Miles's dad sold him to Briola for like millions of dollars. Like I think Fiona was two million dollars and Miles was like 1.3 or something like that. And so they're like, oh my god, like what's going on? Our parents, like first of all, Fiona's like my mom's not my mom and they sold this and what is happening? And then they try and escape and Leon and Gail come and uh, confront them and Leon throws this knife and Joe jumps in front of it and he gets stabbed and he dies. And then they're like, oh my God, we're going to die. And so then uh, Fiona has this, she also has an issue with like authority figures, which is why she couldn't stand up to the um, teacher because especially male authority figures because of her dad and like how that all messed with her. But she's like, it's life or death. Like I can do it. So she knocks Leon out and then knocks Gail out and then McCarty. So then this other lady, Nikita McCarty, who's like FBI, who's like on the boat too, comes and it's like, I'm on your side. And she shoots Gail. And then they escape onto the raft. They get onto this other boat with people. And they're like, so this is what happened. Briola bought you. And like, everybody thinks you're dead. And 
they like decide they can trust her and they're going to give them like new fake lives in California. But then in the epilogue, it turns out, first of all, the knife was a fake knife that stabbed Joe. Um, Gail was wearing a bulletproof vest and she calls McCarty and says, did they buy it? And she says, yes. And they gave me the implants. And that's how the book ends. Shocker, guys. Couldn't trust anybody. It definitely kept me on the edge of my seat. And honestly, I think I did an okay job of explaining what the heck happened in these two different timelines. So before we get into like the nitty, no, we're going to start with the nitty gritty and then we're going to get into the what the heck do I think happened and what do I think's in store for this next book? Let's talk about first the writing, okay? I really liked the storyline of this. It definitely, like, like I said, I'm not a huge thriller person usually, although I have said in the past, I love a good romantic suspense, which has those thriller aspects. And that's mostly because the romance is just strong throughout and you don't have to deal with like miscommunication. It's like the conflict is that, you know, there's a stalker or something. But in this, the like thriller aspect is that you have no idea what's going on with Briola, Briola, whatever the heck they're called and like all this different stuff. And it like really kept me on the edge of my seat. Like even though this is the second time I read it, I had forgotten so much about this book that I was like still left guessing. Like I knew the bear was fake And I knew that at some point somebody jumps from a parachute, but like I couldn't remember all the twists and turns that their parents had sold them that like, I don't know, just like all this different stuff I couldn't remember. Oh, wait, I forgot one other thing. While they're on the island, like before G shows up, they find Miles's notebook and there's an entry from Berlin and then Fiona reaches into her coat pocket and she's got a Berlin hotel key card. So that's, that's odd guys. That is odd. And so that's going to go towards like my second part where I'm like hypothesizing what the heck is going on. I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong, but we'll find out next week, right? Okay, so I really loved the thriller aspect. It was super enjoyable and that was, I think, the best part of the book. But the thing is, like, I can tell that Alice Reads is a young writer, if that makes sense. I didn't, I don't think I read her little thing at the back of the book. Oh, this look, okay. This makes a lot of sense now that I'm reading the back of this. So it doesn't say how old she is, but she does not look to be that old. And it says that she was born in a small town in Germany, but spent her first eight years in Florida. Later on, she moved to Europe where her family moved around a lot and she was raised trilingual. So that's pretty cool. And that's going to make sense with my first point that I'm going to get to. So I can just tell, first of all, this makes a lot more sense that she is, that she has grown up a lot of her life in Europe and that she's trilingual because she has Miles and Fiona say all the time some sort of question and then end it with no. So it'd be something like, you were going to do that. No. Instead of, no, that doesn't make sense. This is what this means. No. Instead of this is what this means, right? So like ending a question with no is not a thing that Americans do when they speak, right? So like, especially because the no just is, it means the same thing as right. So if I were to say something like, you brought the picnic food, right? Instead of you brought the picnic food, no. Because like, that's like a thing that you hear um, European people say when they are speaking English. Like I'm just generalizing Europeans in general, like like obviously not British people, but like from another country, like if they spoke a different language and then they were speaking English, that's like a thing you hear them say. And it like struck me because they said it again and again. 
And they were both supposed to be American. Like, so I was like, that's odd. But now that I know that she like spent like, it sounds like over half of her, like most of her life in Europe, it makes sense why she would write that. But I was so annoyed by it because I was like, Americans don't say that. They just don't. So that was one thing. The other thing is their last name. So their names are Fiona Wolf and Miles Echo. And this book is called Echoes. Okay, but like before we even get there, do you know anybody whose last name is either Wolf or Echo? Echo especially is like, it cannot be a real last name. Nobody's last name is Echo. And I'm totally fine with authors like making up last names, but typically the made up last names sound like a last name, not just like a word. And like the other thing is just like, his last name is Echo, the book title's Echoes, so that must have something to do with each other. But like, I don't know what, like, I think I have an idea about what the echoes mean, but I don't know why his last name is Echo. And then her last name is Wolf. It just, I'm like, okay, can we just give them last, like, can't her last name just be like Jones or something like generic like that instead of like Wolf? Is that supposed to be like, because she was like the strong fighter girl? I don't really know. And so I thought their last names, like, I was like, yeah, somebody who isn't a super experienced writer is going to give people last names like this, which is judgy of me, but I said it. And then the other thing that felt odd to me when she was writing dialogue was swear words. I once went to, I think it was my junior year of college and I had to, you know, we went to these different events to get like for class or to get points for housing or anything like that. And I was, it was a, a writer and he was talking, he had written plays and different stuff like that. And he's Native American. Actually, he might have been um, from Canada. So I think that's First Nations. I, I'm not sure. And so he was telling us about storytelling. And he said, like, one thing that's really important is to make sure your characters swear right. Because people can, like, everybody swears in a different way. And it's like something very personal of like how they swear, like what combinations of words they use. And he said that it's very important to make sure you capture that and get it right. And I was reminded of that as I was reading this book, because the way that Fiona swore was odd. There was nothing inherently wrong with it. It wasn't like she used like weird words or combinations, but just the placement of specifically the F word like throughout um, sometimes when she said it out loud or thought it just felt off to me. And I'm not a person who swears a lot um, for lots of different reasons, but we don't have to get into that right now. But it just, it just felt odd. It's not that I don't hear people swear, you know? So like, I'm like aware of it. It's just like the placement of it felt odd. So those are all kind of like draw, like nitty gritty things that like I noticed as I was reading it, being a discerning reader. The other thing is this rich boy Miles thing. So the whole thing is that Miles is super rich and Fiona is super not rich. Not that she's necessarily poor, but she doesn't have enough money. She's like on scholarship to go to the school or whatever. And like the whole thing is she just like talks so much about him being rich and having money and spending it and like all this different stuff. And like, I'm trying to think of how I wanted to talk about this because I just wrote rich boy Miles, which like I understand what I meant is that like, so this whole thing is told only from Fiona's point of view, which I didn't mention until now, but there you go. Oh, I also forgot that they confess their love to each other at the end of the book at two different times, but like, you know, so they're in love now. 
And but the whole thing at the beginning is she's like, ugh, Miles is rich and like all this different other stuff about rich people. And the thing is like, yeah, eat the rich. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about like upper middle class people. I'm talking about like billionaires. Why do they have that much money? Can't they like donate it to charity? Like, why do you need a billion dollars? But I'm getting off track now. But like the way that she talked about Miles being rich was just kind of odd as well. Like, if anybody's read this, maybe you can understand what I'm saying, because I'm doing a horrible job of explaining it, but it just felt very, like, listy of, like, generic things rich people do. Does that make sense? I don't know. And so that was, like, another little drawback for me, that it was, like, oh, Miles was stereotypical white rich boy, but then you find out two-thirds of the book through that he's, like, just under half Lebanese, So, like, there you go with that. And I'm just like, I don't know. You know, he has his arrogant smirk and his four. Oh, another thing was they had, like, 400,000 Instagram followers. I'm like, what 17-year-old random boy has 400,000 Instagram followers? None of them. It was odd. And Fiona had a lot, too. But I guess she's, like, a lightweight kickboxing champion. So, that might be whatever. So, let's get into, like, the let's get into the meat here what the hell is going on in this? I have some theories. So there's a couple of things that could be going on. They could be living both timelines at the same time. And like my memory of this was that that's what I thought had happened. And that when they went to sleep, they like woke up in the other timeline, which sounds odd for sure. It definitely sounds odd. But like in both timelines, they have memories of the other time, if that makes sense. So in Berlin, Like, when the plane lands in Berlin, Fiona has, like, a flashback of a plane crashing. And then, except for the fact that their plane never crashed, they gave her a fake memory. I don't know how they did that, but whatever. And then, like, in, on the islands, like, Fiona knows things about Miles, like, that he speaks German or other things like that, that she has no way of knowing, except for the fact that her Berlin self knew that. And maybe it's when they sleep, but I don't think that's what it is. So then the next thought is that maybe they got, I'm sure, I'm positive that at the end of the Berlin timeline, they get captured by these undercover police officers who are probably working for Briola. And so then my thought was they get captured and then they get transferred to the island. Okay. And so that the one timeline happened first and now the island timeline is second. But the issue with that is that the plane computer and his laptop and all of that different stuff says that like that no time has passed, right? That it would have been that that Berlin, there's no time for the Berlin timeline to have happened. And when Joe comes and gets him, gets them, he says the same thing that like they weren't, they never made it to Berlin, except for the fact that we know they did, but how? We don't know. And so like, that's odd too. So I don't know what's going on with that. So maybe they were there first because then that would explain how Fiona has the key card and they've got Miles's um, notebook entry which proved that they were there that that happened but it's odd we don't know and then like the other thought is like something about they've got these implants that can make them see bears so can it like make them hallucinate and like like or make them forget like I don't know and like when did these implants happen because the parents sold them and Fiona's under the impression that like this was something that the parents knew they were going to do for a while which is why 
her dad pushed her so hard about like all this different stuff about being um and champion and kickboxing and whatever and also i forgot to say that they bring miles's brother leon with him because mccarty is like oh he's just being injected with things and when it wears off he'll be back to normal which could definitely be a lie considering the fact that all of them are liars and now i'm just like so we can't trust anybody which if you remember in harley merlin you can't trust adults and you definitely can't trust adults here either and but also i'm like so joe got stabbed by a fake knife so is he not dead and he's on their side or did he get stabbed by a fake knife but he thought he was actually going to get stabbed and he is on their side i don't know there's a lot of layers to this and there's a lot that I still don't understand. Like, why do they want them? What sort of testing are they doing on them? What are these implants and why was it so important they get them back? And not to make, they weren't supposed to mix them up and like all this different stuff. I definitely think they're doing some sort of weird brain experiments. I don't really know. And like, I just, I'm unsure. I am unsure about what is going on, how the heck they lived in two different timelines because to me, it really sounds like two different timelines. And the, the echoing, the echoes thing from the title sounds to me like echoes of like one timeline into the next, if that makes sense. And the next book is called Fracture. So I'm thinking the timeline's Fracture or something like that. And the next book, it says that they're both in Poland being subjected to tests. They keep failing, but also on a freight engine boat, a freight boat, I don't know, a boat and there's no food or water and they have to fight to survive or something so i'm not sure if that means that like the rescue boat they're on right now is the boat they get stranded on or if they like somehow end up on another boat at some point and i'm also curious as to like does their characterization and their like love story go away in this next book like are they are their minds erased and the timeline started over again I'm not really sure and my head is hurting thinking about it although that could just be my headache you never know it probably just is my headache but it is a lot to think about like I don't know even after, like what is happening I don't know and now you see why I had to record this before I start reading the next book because I'm sure like I know I'm gonna get answers like reading the next book but like I'm sure that something in the first like 60 pages that I read tonight is going to clue me in onto some aspect of what the heck is going on. And I needed this to be like authentic and not me like pretending like I didn't know what happened in the first 60 pages or whatever. So it's 6.52 and 35 minutes in. So I should probably go. So let's see. Follow my Instagram account at I read a book once blog. On that account, you should first of all, like my photos because they rock but also you can send me a dm if you've got any opinions on this episode if you have any thoughts about what you think is going on in this crazy crazy world place whatever book that's the word i'm looking for you could also email me those thoughts at i read a book once blog at gmail.com or you could check out my website that no promises i'll probably not update i read a book once blog.com so you could do any of those things I've talked about it a lot, but next week I'm going to be talking about Fractures by Alice Reads. I'm very excited. It's shorter by about 30 pages, but the book is also an odd size. I've never seen a book that size before. And it's like, it's like less wide and less tall than a normal book, but like not where it would be like a, a small one. It's like in between sizes. It's odd. I don't know. 
So that'll be next week. And I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.